You are listening to episode 12 of Bike Live here on Motorsport 101. And as you may have already realized, this is not a normal show this week. Now, many of you may already know the circumstances behind this, but for those of you that don't, uh, allow me to explain the reasons behind this. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Red Bull Honda World Super Rider Nicky Hayden was involved in a training accident as he rode his bicycle on the Rimini coast of Italy. As of the time of recording, the current situation regarding Nicky Hayden is described as extremely serious. Uh, he suffered a severe polytrauma resulting in severe brain damage and the prognosis remains guarded. Now under these circumstances, we did not feel it was correct to record a normal show here on Bike Live, given the circumstances surrounding Nikki Hayden. We did not feel at this time that it would be best to discuss the events of Imola, uh, where Chas Davies took a double victory, winning two races that Nikki Hayden himself competed in. Now, long-time listeners to Bike Live will know that last year on the show, in our previous home, we interviewed Nikki Hayden for this very show. And what we felt was best to do this week, rather than record a normal show, was to give you another chance to hear the interview that we've recorded with Nikki Hayden this time last year. Nikki spoke to us following the British round of the World Superbike Championship at Donington Park, and this interview came a few weeks after his sensational victory in the World Superbike Championship at Sepang in Malaysia. Nikki Hayden joined us to talk about that victory, about his season as a whole, and as well as his magnificent MotoGP World Championship success in 2006, and her life of growing up in a racing family. As you're about to hear, Nicky Hayden was nothing but a class act as he joined Andre Harrison and myself on this show. And from all of us at Motorsport 101 and Bike Live, we wish him the very, very best at this difficult time. Our thoughts are with Nicky and with his family, and we pray that he will pull through and make a full recovery. Bike Live will return to normal service this time next week for episode 13 here on Motorsport 101. But for now, let's take you back to May 2016 when Nicky Hayden joined us here on Bike Live. Go, Nicky. Well, we are <laughs> honoured to be joined here on Bike Live by the 2006 MotoGP World Champion and Honda World Superbike rider, Nicky Hayden. Nicky, welcome. All right. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, let's talk about Donington Park then, the last round of the World Superbike Championship, which took place just last weekend. Uh, a fifth and a sixth for you there, and a few interesting battles with Leon Camier too. Uh, how do you reflect on the weekend? Well, I mean, you know, I can't be completely thrilled with fifth and sixth. And of course, I expect a lot a lot from myself. But we, we started a bit behind on Friday, which is really tough to do especially when we're racing already on Saturday. But uh, the team did a great job. We were much closer on Saturday, and immediately Saturday morning we improved our pace. And, uh, you know, was uh, 
not spectacular races, but also not disasters either. We had a little problem the last uh, the last laps on Sunday that probably was hurting uh, performance a little from the bike. On uh, that probably you know I definitely could have put up a little better chance against Leon, but uh, you know that's how it goes. Yeah, and uh, how would you reflect on your season as a whole so far? Because it's your debut season in World Superbikes, and we're at the halfway stage of it now. Um, how would you look back on it overall? Well, uh, I- I've enjoyed it. It's been a good uh, change for me. I've, uh, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the championship. The racing's been really exciting. Also, the fans, it's good support. And uh, overall, I think there's a lot of positives. Of course, you know, I, I think I-, I expect a lot from myself, so I can't say, oh, I'm I'm over the moon. But to get the win in uh, Malaysia, raining or not, was still something really great for me. Uh, you know, it was a great moment, uh, you know, just personally to get another win and also for my supporters and my team and everybody who's been behind me. So that certainly helped, uh, you know, put a nice little shine on things. But uh, overall, I mean, yeah, you know, of course, I think I'm fixing the championship, uh, which isn't spectacular. But I had two mechanical DNFs early in the year that or you know, would be up a little bit higher. Um, so, yeah, of course, I want more. But on the other hand, I'm very happy to be here. I like the championship, and I feel like I'm learning a lot. Definitely a few things I have to adjust to and get a little bit more comfortable with. But I would say on the uh, most part, we're feeling positive. Yeah, and thinking back to Sepang, obviously, that was that would be the highlight of the season so far. How special a moment was that for you? Obviously, it was a fantastic race, particularly that first lap where you seemed to have a level of confidence in those wet conditions that no other rider really had uh, on that opening lap of the race. Just how special an afternoon was that for you to get that first victory after after 10 years without a win at world championship level? Well, I, it was really special. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, obviously the rain came into played into my hand because... Uh, our bike, we were able to ride all day Friday on the rain in Athens and was able to uh, find a good wet setup for me. And it was a, a big uh, gamble because nobody really did any laps on that new surface in the rain, um, on that new track in the wet. So we didn't really, nobody had a setup. Nobody really knew where the grip level was and where to push. But, um, yeah, I got a good start and, and went for it. I knew I had a good opportunity really pushed in the first laps to get a lead and uh, was able to build up a little lead and then just kind of maintain it till the end. Um, so it was uh, something I must say I was really, really happy with. Um, and to see also the team very happy that, you know, they're the ones who uh, gave me an opportunity to come to Superbike and have supported me a lot. So it was really nice to see all those guys uh, happy and get to call home to my family after a win. Uh, been a long time since I got to do that, so it was, uh, was a really good day, but we got to, you know, try to do it in the draft. Yeah, hi, Nikki. I'm Andre Harrison here. Pleasure to have to finally get John to talk to you in person. But uh, I've got to ask, after I think something like 13, 13, 14 years in MotoGP, what was it like to transition from, obviously, the prototypes of MotoGP back to the kind of street-based style superbike that you're obviously riding now for Honda? So what what was the transition like, and have you found it this season? Yeah, I mean, of course, the bike is different. The championship is different. There's uh, little variables that you got to adjust to, and, and the bike, obviously, is a bit. But, you know, I mean, really, it's just racing motorcycles. You can't overthink it, can't uh, put too much, uh, you know, break it down too far. I mean, I would say the biggest – well, the the thing I like the most is probably I get to race twice on the weekend. 
that's really uh, really enjoyed that part. And also for me, learning it's a chance to learn more. Also, the bike, as you say, is a production bike, so there's definitely a lot more movement, a lot more flex from the chassis and the tires. And that's probably one of the areas we're trying to work on the bike is to try to calm it down for me, to uh, allow me to uh, feel a little bit, you know, so I can push harder and not have so much movement. Uh, but that's something I got to adjust to as well. And uh, also the the one bike rule is something that's a little bit different for me uh, that I've had to work on, uh, Get you know, how you uh, manage the sessions and the weekend is a bit different. But overall, it's all it's all good. Yeah, also what I've got to ask as well, um, we asked Brad Binder this a couple of weeks ago, talking about the, the influence of family and whatnot, because obviously he's got his brother Darren in there in Moto3 at the same time as him. So you know, obviously you've come from a very, a very a, a great lineage of um, riders around you and your family, obviously your, your brothers, Tommy and Roger Lee, as, as well as your, your dad. Oh, what was that like? And how did it influence and shape your your riding career? Or did you get into it from a young age? And how important has it been for you to have to have those other riders in your family around you? Well, it's been huge. I mean, the family to me is, uh, you know, without my family, there's no way I, I make it here. They made huge sacrifices to give us this opportunity. Um, and I, I think I was very lucky. I, You know, we come, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I had two brothers to race with and push me. One older that I was chasing and one younger pushing me. So it was always... Uh, Great competition, you know, when we're riding and practicing together and also great fun, you know, get to ride and train with your brothers was awesome. And even to this day, we still uh, help each other, support each other. And uh, also my, you know, my mom and dad are still completely behind me and them both being racers. My my mom also raced. Uh, my sister, my older sister, she was, she was racing a bit. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of support from them people and uh, definitely can't wait to uh, they all get to come to Laguna in a few weeks <laughs> and, and watch me on Superbike. That, that, that must be that must be amazing. Now, I've got I've got, I've got to talk to you. Well, if we've got Nikki Hayden here. We've got to talk a little bit about 2006 and, you know, obviously a very, very, very important year for you. And you know, the real, I think I'd argue, breakout year for you in MotoGP. Um how was it like for you there in 2006 winning that world championship? Because we all know that Valentino Rossi just was the guy in MotoGP at the time. But in, in 2006, you just started so strong. You got that really incredible win at Assen um, in that in that incredible fight with Colin Edwards uh, and your, your fellow American. And obviously going on to win. I mean, there, was, there must have been some real ups and downs there as well. Obviously, I mean, you can't not talk about Estoril, obviously. That was a that was a tense one. I'm sure you'll agree. But um, what what was it like in 2006? Because like 2006 was the year that me and Lewis became massive bike fans because we, we were captivated by someone that was able to give Rossi a great fight. And um how, how, how did it how did it go for you? How did it feel going going through the ups and downs of that season, and obviously winning that world championship? Well, winning the title was uh, certainly a moment I'll never forget. You know, I mean, <laughs> I my first world title at the highest level was uh, amazing. I guess it really kind of started the end of two thousand and five. Uh, mm-hmm. I was able to start stringing some podiums together, a uh, couple of pole positions and got some good momentum going, but didn't have a great winter testing, uh, off-season testing, and we kind of uh, had a few stumbling blocks, but overall we started the season with a lot of that same momentum. We ended 05 and was on the podium a lot, I think. Yeah. I don't know, but 
seemed like every race, the first six, seven, eight races, and, uh, you know, built up a bit of a lead. And certainly the Portugal thing uh, <laughs> put a big dent on it when we were really close to almost mm. having one hand on it. Could almost uh, feel it, almost touch it, but things changed quick in racing. Mm. Came off there, me and Danny came together. Was, uh, you know, just a complete, you know, I don't even know, you know, you were so <laughs> close to getting the title you worked your whole life for and that meant everything, and then you've seen it come to an end. Uh, but luckily, stayed up, stayed positive, you know, and rebounded and went to Valencia and was very fast from the beginning that weekend and uh, was uh, was able to uh, still come away with the title, was able to get to the front. Rossi made a mistake and do what I had to do to uh, get the world title. So that was something that... Uh, you know, you can only really, the way it all went down was a bit like a movie. But in the end, uh was uh, something great. But long time ago now, so I guess I'll think about it more when the career's over and uh, <laughs> keep uh, looking ahead. Yeah, and I totally agree with, with Dre as well. You say it was a season that captivated me as a MotoGP fan. Bring it to the end of last season, because, of course, it was your, your last Grand Prix in MotoGP at Valencia, and you were given the honor of being named officially a MotoGP legend, and I guess it's something that's difficult to put into context, because it's not something that, for example, that you win a race and you get a trophy, it's something that obviously is bestowed upon you, it's an honour that is given to you from above, and uh, you know, how, how special a moment was that for you, to, to round off your MotoGP career with an honour such as that? Very special, I definitely, I don't try to deny it or act like, uh, you know, it's just another award, because it was something extra, something special, of course, I would have loved to have, you know, accomplished more in my MotoGP time, but I got to do 13 years there. Some good days, some obviously a lot better than others. But overall, spent a lot of time on some factory, some really good factory bikes, uh, a lot of podiums. And, uh, you know, it was an amazing journey. I mean, you know, I mean, I can only, uh, you know, it was really like a, you know, like a dream to get to do that for that amount of time and the support I had and to get recognized with the MotoGP Legends uh Trophy was something I definitely uh, will always cherish, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was definitely a well-deserved honor from from our point of view. It was delighted. We're delighted to see you get that. Uh, just bring it back forward to this season, then, before we let you go. I, I want to ask you quickly about uh, Cameron Bobier, who made his debut last weekend at Donington Park. Obviously, a young American coming through uh, the ladder. Obviously, he's the Motor America champion. Uh, how well did you think he did, and how important do you think it is uh, for American motorcycle racing that he and the young riders in the United States become a success at world championship level? Well, I, I think it's very important. I really want to see the uh, young Americans get some opportunities and, and make a stage on, uh, or make a splash on the international level. Obviously, I'm I'm 34 now, and not sure how many more, uh, uh, you know, how much longer I can carry the flag. So um, I think uh, he he did a solid job. I mean, I, I expected him. I wasn't really sure because I never ridden with Cameron, but I know he was. Uh, Quite a talented guy, even in GP. You know, he ra- he was teammates with Marquez one year in the 125 championship. And, yeah, he didn't get amazing results, but he showed he had talent. And, uh, you know, he kind of went back to Moto America and rebuilt his uh, career. And um, I thought he, yeah, okay, some people thought he should really wow people and stand out and do something incredible. But uh, World Superbike is a high level. It's not easy to do that. And um, 
I thought he was solid. And also P.J. Jacobson, let's don't forget about him. He's second place on the Super Sport. And uh, I think also it's clear that he's got some real talent and real potential. And I think the Moto America Series is definitely on its way back up. Is it back to where, you know, it needs to be? No. They're still uh, hopefully get a few more manufacturers involved and give some young kids some talent. And uh, uh, But I think it's going the right direction, yeah, finally. And yeah, I, I couldn't right. say that three, three or four years ago. You know, you couldn't say that. But now I think it, it's it's back. Yeah, very true. We had James Rispoli on the show last season, and he said a very similar thing. He, he said it's making progress. It's getting somewhere back to where it, it needs to be. Um, looking ahead to Mizano, then the next round of the championship. Of course, you tested there um, this week. And one thing I've noticed in recent rounds um, with with yourself and Michael van der Mark at Honda, you've you found yourself in Super Bowl one a few times. Um, after the opening day, and obviously it's a very different format in World Superbikes with the the quick turnaround and the uh, the two practice sessions on a Friday, which immediately set the field uh, for Superpol. Um, how well set do you think you are for Mizano after that test? And do you think you're in a good position, given the lack of track time on a Friday, to hit the ground running straight away when you get there? Uh, well, for sure, the the track time we got is very useful mm. for uh, for me because. Uh, one thing, I mean, I know these tracks. I can't say I don't know the layouts, but some of them feel very different on a super bike than MotoGP bike, and Mazzano was one of them. Uh, I was laughing to the guys, you know, the track felt a lot bigger on a super bike because that track on a MotoGP bike feels pretty tight, especially turns one, two, three, and some other stuff, where on a super bike it felt a lot more open, and definitely... Uh, you got to change your brake markers in a few places because you're just not going as fast at the end of the straightaway. So for me, it'll be a help. And, uh, you know, it was only one day. We got cut short by weather, but it was very useful to test a few things um, in anticipation of the race and also to try a few things on the setup that we hadn't had time to try during the weekend so far. So uh certainly was a quick turnaround for the team to get there from Donington. But I'm very fortunate to uh, get that track time. And even in the wet, we did get rained out, but I was able to get out and do uh, do quite a few laps in the wet, actually, to uh, even try to uh, improve our setup for the wet if we do find another rain race. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's good to hear. And the very last question then before we let you go, it, I don't think it's escaped your attention that the next round after Mizano is Laguna Seca. And, of course, MotoGP uh, hasn't been there for a couple of years, so you haven't had a chance to go back to Laguna Seca um, for a world championship race for a few years. How much are you looking forward to going back to, to Laguna, given the special memories you have there? Yeah, I love Laguna. Love everything about the track, the atmosphere. I have a ton of support from the American crowd. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's definitely get prepared. And there I have to try to do something special. So it will not be easy, but uh, that should be a fun one. Yeah, well, we can't wait to see how you get on the second round at Mizano. Uh, Nikki, it's an absolute privilege for us to have the chance to talk to you. Many, many thanks for joining us, and the best of luck for the rest of the season. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Cheers.